today's podcast, we discuss our favorite collectibles and who can use the Force. You must unlearn what you have learned. Remember, a Jedi can feel the Force flowing through him. And between it all, balance. Welcome to Voice of the Wills. This is where the fun begins. Back in the mess. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. All this, as the Force wills it. Just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. We would be honored if you would join us. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast. This is, of course, Voice of the Wills. I'm Adam Lucio, and I'm here with Elena Source. How you doing, Elena? I'm doing awesome. Of course you are, because we're podcasting. Okay. And Albert, Albert Hi. Torres, how you doing? Doing dandy. Dandy? dandy. And Rod- <laughs> Rodney Clark, how you doing? I'm good, man. Happy we're all here now. Yeah, yeah well, we, you know, trying to find ways to get it done, but we're getting it done. The stars have um, aligned. <laughs> for, the, for those uh, uh listeners who don't know we don't live uh that near each other so we do this over the internet and uh working our schedules out is always tricky but we're happy to to get together and, and get this podcast rolling um and uh the four of us met um you know through these various um star wars groups that we're part of uh, mainly costuming groups and uh, we all love Star Wars so much, we thought, why don't we uh, start this podcast? So the podcast is us talking about the fandom um, itself, and also us talking about the movies we love so much. Um, so we're going to get started with that. Um, and this week's topic on, uh, well, I guess it'd be month's topic, but right? Because we, we can't get together every week. That would be, that would be crazy. We'll figure that out like later. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, we, but okay, the, anyway. that's another thing. Like, are we allowed to swear? Are we gonna like bleep that out? Like, I almost dropped the S bomb, but like we we, I, we can always bleep it out if we have to. Okay, great. Because I have a potty mouth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a way. You know, my my eight year old will uh, probably one day want to hear this, so we'll figure all that out. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, this month's topic. Um, when relating to fandom is uh, is going to be about collectibles and it's hard to be a Star Wars fan without uh, you know loving all the collectibles that are out there and and uh, you know becoming uh, some sort of collector in some way uh, most of the people in the group collect something whether it's uh, you know collectibles within the groups themselves or Star Wars collectibles and and so uh, you know I thought it'd be a, a good time for us to discuss you know what is uh, what is your favorite Star Wars collectible um, that you own? Uh, you want to go first there, Rodney, and uh, tell us about yours. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have the Star Wars Collector Series from I think it's two thousand, maybe late nineties. Lando Calrissian autographed, <laughs> and, a, and, and a picture to prove it. Uh, nice. It was actually <laughs> my f- my first con experience. Drove to uh, Milwaukee, which is uh, wow. Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell is that? It's, it's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, yeah, it's a wild <laughs> no. way. So uh, months before, I'm in FAO shorts with a friend of mine that was also going, and he was like, yo, you should get it. You know, he's going to be at Gen Con. So I bought it, put it in a little bag, just let it sit in my closet, you know, packed it when I hit the road, 
and I was third in line, I think. You know, nice. and yeah, dude. That hustle, good hustle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I still had the uh, the tag on the back, right? And it says twenty nine ninety nine. So for thirty bucks, I had a great experience at my first con with, with Billy wow. D. Williams. You know? That's a nice one. That's a definitely a nice wow, one. Now you pay like two hundred dollars to meet one person. Was that was that like the thing you were seconds. telling me about earlier? That you went off and paid money to have someone sign, or was it something else? You know, it's it's the only time I've paid money to have somebody sign something, and I think it was just I don't know, it was Billy D. Williams, you know. <laughs> and this was mind you now, it wasn't like a whole bunch of lines like we think of seeing Billy D. Williams now. Like we're talking like before the Phantom Menace came out. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars was mm-hmm. on still on that. We haven't really talked about it in a while, kind of status. So that was like the dark age. Yeah, Star you know Wars, the, the <laughs> just after the powers of the force. You know the um, <laughs> yeah. So I was we like, talk about that. <laughs> the, the third that toy line has like no value now too. No, no, it's all the steroids None at all. They, they, they're too jacked up, <laughs> unlike their value. Uh, so yeah, man, that's my <laughs> Star Wars collectible. I, I'm not. I don't have a lot of space to like collect stuff. You know. And so, like, this one is small enough that I could just kind of keep in a corner and have a cool story with. Nice. That's uh, That's that, yeah. Yeah, That's a big one, I would Mm. say, you know, aside from uh, maybe, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher one, I would say that that's pretty cool. Yeah. I I planned ahead and I bought the Funko Pop or the Solo Calrissian, debating a Donald Glover just to have the one two punch, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. You know, just small enough, you know, I could just tuck right next to him. Like the legacy of Lando, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, he he's so busy right now. I don't know if that's an easy one to get right now, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. At some point, some point. I have a list. So what do you? <laughs> nice. So what do you got, Albert? So honestly, um, I used to have a uh, a very popular uh, Lego back in the day, but sadly, I don't. So there has been a time in my life where basically I kind of like stopped with Star Wars. So in that period, most of my collectibles have been thrown away. And only recently I started to collect again. Now, the only thing that I have in my collection that I will say is very valuable to me will have to be a Comic-Con exclusive figure of a 212th clone trooper. I got it pretty cheap at a con. And... um, Kind of excited. It stands really tall, like about 12 inches. And I feel like that right there in of itself is something worth treasuring. Because you, yeah, you don't find these th- that often anymore, especially when it's a con exclusive. Like, honestly, I, I looked it up and it's like worth $500 and I got it at the con for like 150 So I lucked out um, on that. And you're and you're a big clone guy, so that's a that's a big one for you. Yes, I am a huge clone guy. So uh, there, they, they do exist out there, five hundred first and other uh, other divisions and legions for the clone army. But I'm kind of excited that I got at least one of them, which is the two hundred and twelfth. Um, wish it was a uh, airborne trooper. I would have been looking more back at the other clones I have on display. Nice. Uh Besides yeah. that, I don't really have much in the way of collectibles besides that. I mean, I do like to have uh, put my helmets uh, next to them. You know, make it look kind of big on the shelf that I have. Uh, but, I mean, again, I don't, I'm really not big on the collecting on that front. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty cool one, you know, 
when you're a big clone guy, to have a, a nice clone collectible, that's pretty pretty nice. Although I do plan on basically, there's these figures that you can get on um, these model kits. Actually, you can get on Amazon. I plan on buying a crap ton of them and just making a little army diagram. Nice, nice. How about you, Elena? What do you got? Um. So I. Th- thought about this because um, I have so much crap already that I've collected um, over the course of the few short years that I've actually been a Star Wars fan. Like, I went hard and dropped all the money. Nice. <laughs> um, I think t- to date, um, I don't know if this even counts, um, I have uh, Gwendolyn Christie's autograph um, that I got this past fall at Rhode Island Comic Con. Um, Oh, well, yeah, I mean, if uh, Rodney has an autograph, I guess that kind of counts. <laughs> um, but uh, the reason why it was it's so special to me, because, like, this isn't the first time I've gotten an autograph before, but hers is particularly special because um, I went up to her and I kind of... I put this barrier up when I meet celebrities, like, not to take anything personally, because sometimes they're tired. They, Especially someone like her with such a notoriety... Um, they may be tired and may seem kind of rude, but it's nothing personal. Like they're not, they're not like being rude to you. It's just sometimes they're like that after being at a con all day and whatever. So I'm like going up like guarded as hell. And she was the nicest person I have ever talked to. Like Gwendolyn Christie is an angel and she grabbed my hand. She asked my name. She complimented my costume And um, I was so flustered by that, that when she was like, oh, like, what do you want me to write? I was like, (laughs) oh, like, any quote you want, I'm, like, totally cool with anything. And she wrote beautifully across her picture, you are always scum. And, (laughs) like, people see this, people see this autograph and they're like, what the fuck? Like, they don't know, um, like, they don't know, um what it is sometimes because they're not star wars fans and i'm just like you don't you don't you're not part of the club you don't understand um <laughs> but like the way she signed it and everything was like beautiful and i'm like getting into autographing more now too so there's a lot of like technicalities to autographs that like may sound crazy if like a normal person were to hear it but like um the way she signed it like the value of my autograph is just a little bit more than like the average autograph she signed that day just the way she wrote everything and like how neatly and like in the middle it is. And she put Phasma under her name, which is another thing that kind of boosts the value of the autograph just a little bit. And like, I'm never going to sell this autograph, but just knowing that this autograph is worth just a little bit more than like any of the other ones she signed that day, like really warms my heart. <laughs> um, so I think that is my favorite um, collectible to date. And and she's and she's really fun that like you can tell like she's just super excited to be a part of the whole Star Wars universe like anytime you see her talk or anything like yes, that like she's yes. and she's it, 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 and what's funny too is um, the Rebel Legion actually had just oh the Rebel Legion in the five hundred first um, from Rhode Island the uh, um, the New England Garrison and. I, can't for the life of me remember their rebel legion base but they had just um given her her like honorary like induction into rebel legion like 501st like literally right in front of me so when i went up to her i congratulated her on that and she was so excited and like they had given her all like little collectibles and stuff and like uh cool swag and it was just really cool to witness that because it i would say it's a pretty momentous thing when like one of the 
like actors or anybody involved with the movies is inducted as like an honorary member uh, into the Legion and like being able to say like, oh, I was there when, you know, Captain Phasma got her <laughs> like honorary induction is like, yay. So it was a really cool experience overall. And that, I think that's why that autograph has a lot of value to me. So nice 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 well my only autograph that i have is actually um mark hamill's um and uh i got that as a gift so i didn't get to meet mark hamill so i'm not going to put that as as my uh, favorite collectible um my favorite collectible is actually a group of collectibles so when i was a kid um the coolest toys to have were aside from legos because legos have just always been cool um, oh, yeah. Expensive. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what are the Kenner action figures? And uh, and I just probably played with those as much as any human could possibly play with toys. And uh, when we entered the dark times of Star Wars where there was no merchandise being pushed out, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always wished I could find more of those figures. Um, and um, and then when I got married to my wife, she had a ton of figures and we kind of put them That's all together. True love right there. It's true. It's true. I'll, I'll tell you a story about my wife another <laughs> Joint time. Collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so so but we had a good chunk of the figures, and I just decided, you know what? How much fun would it be to just uh, collect all of the original Kenner figures? Um, and so, with the invention of eBay, it was possible. Um, <laughs> And uh, and I you know I I wasn't one who wanted to have like the perfect condition and all of the you know you just accessories. To, like, have it. I just yeah I just wanted you know to have one of each of the ones, um, and so uh, so I started collecting and 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 most of them I was getting fairly cheap you know somebody was selling a really? lot of twenty of them yeah I mean I don't know that the value has changed because I haven't looked in a while but you know you could get a lot of maybe twenty I mean, of them I guess for if sixty you're not bucks. Like, you're not like one of those like crazy people that's like super uh concerned about like what edition it or like um if it was like the first run or or whatever yeah 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 i mean there's their condition yeah there are there are lots of little things you can look at so there's there's all sorts of of things that make them like a little bit more rare like what country they're made in or you know what their actual color of their hair is and all that sort of stuff and there and there are some ones that are you know the the first run of uh vader and obi-wan and luke which has a double telescoping lightsaber is worth you know thousands each and i i didn't feel a need to be paying thousands of dollars for each one a double one but a, a, a double telescoping one. So the original one, like the lightsaber, comes at one time, in 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 uh, or the ones that most people have. But there was one where they had like the little tip that kind of hangs off the end. If you've seen it, it actually oh. pulls pulls out like in a, the like two stage antenna. Like you pull it yeah. out and then you pull it out again. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, appara- and apparently that was breaking off and causing issues, so they didn't release very many of them. Um, and so and so those ones are crazy. The Kenner toys are like such a interesting, I don't want to say phenomena, but like in terms of Star Wars collectibles, that is like the pinnacle of collectibles for Star Wars merchandise. And I've mentioned, definitely, I think I mentioned it before, the show, um, The Toys That Made Us. Mm. Like I learned so much from that one episode where they cover Star Wars toys and I went on and like what's it called like a spiral of like research into the different toys and i'm like so fascinated by it so the fact that that's your like your collection is like what your favorite collectible is i'm like oh my god that's so awesome and now that you have this joint collection too with your wife i'm like that's goals yeah no it was it was <laughs> cool really and awesome. it 
and I started doing it like right, maybe a little before or right around with when my wife got pregnant. And so the idea, you know, in my head was, you know, when I have kids, I'll want them to see all these figures and have them. I won't say that all of the figures were found cheap. There are several that were not. Um, there's uh, the famous blue snaggletooth, which is uh, a figure that was made um, before that would when Kenner got like the original pictures, they were all black and white. And I think it was only a waist up picture, so they made him blue with like silver boots and crazy. And then when the movie came out, they pulled that one and released uh, a, a red shorter one, which you can get, which it, which is common. So the blue one is is rare, so that one can be tough That's to find. Really awesome. What's and the then, most expensive? Uh, what's the most expensive toy you own? That well, the yak face is the is the main is the major one. So the other thing that Kenner did, they had they had a last one, which is the Power of the Force one, not the ones that Roddy had, <laughs> um, but the original Power of the Force ones that are that are that are that are um that they uh they released them with coins, but there were the seventeen last figures that released, and those ones are a little rare, so some of those cost a little bit to get. Um, but the yak face was like one of the last ones produced. And it was, uh, I don't think it was available in the United States. So I think it was like Europe and Canada or something like that. And so there are fewer of those and they're harder to find. They're not common. Um, so that one um, is the most I've ever spent on it. I, well, I, I, I guess if you count a Lego Drop set. Drop some th- numbers. I need yeah. to know. How much that one was? <laughs> uh, it was maybe 300. Uh, holy crap. Yeah. For a Lego yeah. set? No, well, no, no. For, no, for, the, uh, for the action figure. For oh, the action oh, oh, figure. Oh, I'm sorry. Good. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So that one was that one was. But at that point, I'd gotten so far <laughs> that I had one left to get, and I like. I, to I talked to I, I talked to, to my wife, this. and I'm like, <laughs> like it was right, and it I was right before. It. it was right before like Disney had announced they were making new movies. We knew prices were going to start going up, and it was like, mm-hmm. and it it just like the prices just started creeping up, and it was like it's now or never because if it's five hundred dollars, I'm not spending. I don't know why five hundred dollars is crazier than three hundred, but that just sounded way crazier to me than that. So hey, uh, <laughs> hey, that's another two hundred dollars, man. It, it, I mean, it is, you know, a lot of two hundred dollars. You could, uh, you could buy five sandwiches at Disney World. So wait, so wait, is this is this figure still in the packaging or what? No, 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 no. In the packaging it's thousands. God damn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh they that's you know a, that's the thing. That's why um that's why I'm so fascinated by Kenner Toys because of the um of stuff like that. Where they were making toys that didn't even exist in the Star Wars universe. They were just making crap up. And selling yeah. it, and that stuff is worth like an insane amount of money. Yeah, some of the stuff, some of the stuff, depending upon what it is, and you know, some of the stuff I had when I was a kid, and then some of the stuff I, you know, only heard about, um, you know, because there wasn't the internet to like, you know, know all the figures that were created. <laughs> Let me just Google it. Oh, yeah. Didn't they have catalogs though? Like they they had it, catalogs, it, right? Well, actually, Steve Sansweet, who owns o- uh, Rancho Obi Wan, I believe he was the one who wrote this book that my buddy had, and it was like it was like gold with R two D two on the cover. And I just remember being in like middle school, and and we found this book, and uh, and just going through it and seeing all his figures. And I, the one that I remember is there's a Luke with in a stormtrooper disguise, and we just thought that was by far the coolest uh, toy in the world. We just we were just like, I can't believe this exists. Um, and, uh, and, um, yeah, it does. Cause I have one and it's pretty cool. <laughs> <That's> really, <laughs> really 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, actually, another. This is a funny side story, but um, there's an R two D two which isn't in uh, the original line, and and when I was looking through all the figures, I swore that there was an R two D two that had a third leg to it. That could, you know, that could go around. I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I have no facts to back that up. Like, so, it's so one anyways, of those things that I feel like I heard about and I just don't remember. Well, also, I'll tell you, so I, uh, I when I was researching trying to find these, uh, these figures, I couldn't find that one. And so I just thought that when I was a kid, I must have dreamt that this figure existed. Like, I just must have, you know... It's just one one of those things where I, I it was in a dream and I thought it was real, but it must not have been. Um, <laughs> anyways, in doing in doing more research, I found that there was this like droid factory of kinds, and in the droid factory, you can actually take a bunch of pieces and build R two, and it has the third leg. Um, so it does exist, and I and I did get that one as well, even though it's not technically a part of the the Kenner line. It was one of the Kenner playsets. There it is. I, I no, can't see so cool. it. It's, you're looking at about roughly four hundred and twenty dollars for it. Oh, well, you're looking at the what the yak face? <laughs> no, I'm I'm looking up right now. It looks it's R two with a third leg. Oh, oh, what? So it is a thing. I don't know. There, I mean, like I said, there are a lot of crazy rarities and all sorts of stuff in there. Um, there are even more rarities, um, you know, depending on, like I said, what hair color they're wearing. Yeah, There's yeah, the, yeah. The, the prototype of the of the Boba Fett with the with the rocket that fires. Yes, um, that thing's worth. Uh, okay. Actually, I'm gonna look it up right now because I, I pulled it up. I was curious because that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one I was gonna bring up. Was that Boba Fett? It's. Um, Boba Fett with the rocket launcher from 1980, $27,000, but I'm assuming that's in the package, but, um, you know, what's funny too, on this list, um, there's this really, um, terrifying Chewbacca toy and, um, (laughs) Albert, I don't know if you remember, we went to that that toy, that toy fair that we went to and Uh I was making stupid Snapchat videos of it and it's worth $4,000. If it wasn't broken or anything like that? Um, probably. No, which toy is this? This is know? the this is the Chewbacca like it's just a Chewbacca action figure, but this is like I think it was like an eight inch um tall figure. Is it from the is it from the seventies or is it a newer yes. figure? Um Oh the the, the twelve the twelve in, the twelve inch. Twelve inch, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, it is pretty creepy, especially like it's hard to find without with, with the bandolier, and if it doesn't have the bandolier, it's kinda scary looking. <laughs> I don't remember if it had the bandolier. It might have been just like uh like the Chewbacca with like a broken Chewbacca. arm and like a really, really scary face. I mean, even the one that they have in this photo here is really terrifying. um but that terrifying thing's worth four thousand dollars so i'm really upset because the guy was selling it for 20 bucks just because it had a broken arm yes and i'm i I feel like it it would still be worth something even with that broken arm you know honestly you said you can fix it up really good though if you wanted yeah but all right well (laughs) too late for that Uh, yeah um but There's certain was, things that, like, you have to kind of, like... I mean, at least for me, I'm in college still. I need to really, like, chill sometimes when I go to these, like, toy conventions because I just want to buy everything. And buy like, everything! I literally debate whether or not to have lunch during the week, and here I am like, oh, $50 for an action figure? Yes. I am proof for that. <laughs> I remember during that one con that we went to with all the toys. I had to be... 
She asked me. I am the worst voice of reason to ask. All right. I showed up and you already spent two hundred dollars. Exactly. So I'm over here spending money on like Star Wars collectibles, among other things that I like. And she comes in and already I'm like with two uh, bags in my hand. And, well, and and then she later on she goes, Albert, should I buy this? I'm like, Elena, you know me already. I, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Well, well, I think Rodney can uh, attest to the fact that uh, that kind of stuff doesn't go away as you get older and have a family because <laughs> no. then it becomes food, putting <laughs> oh, no, food on the plate not just for it, you but, but for your but your family and so um, yeah I mean I laugh at a lot of people in in uh, in our Star Wars costuming groups that just keep building after building and I'm going. Uh, I yeah, I can invest a certain amount in this, but uh, but uh, yeah, there's uh, there's people that just keep uh, buying uh, armor after armor, Albert. and uh, <laughs> that was listen. I was not adding you, Albert. I was just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm totally coming after Albert because he literally is like one week after another. Like I'm building this now. I am uh, going to build this. <laughs> okay, so... you got three costumes in the works. You're I, 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 and I saw Albert yesterday. He was definitely had at least two of them working on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shipping. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, man. The TK, the TK is almost done, okay? I just need to paint it at this point. It's done. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the clone and all the soft parts of the tank drivers. Whatever. But anyways, yeah. Three in progress. You're laying out. It's three in progress. See? And, I, and not only that, I have a fourth already planned out. It is. Oh my god. That's right. I already ordered the ordered the helmet. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Same. Oh and that pr- and that there you go proved my point just right there because because uh, I've already, I've got a one per year limit so <laughs> yep <laughs> there told, you go I told myself I told myself that and I decided hey I'm gonna go all out See, when like you I get had- older you gotta save those moments for your birthday and for Christmas so it's one a year <laughs> <laughs> I need the big one now it's birthday time yeah. I need this, this big is, uh- this is for my daughter's birthday it's for me but you know it's a birthday I gotta yeah, yeah, yeah exactly you gotta plan them out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, um, that was an awesome fandom conversation. I want to actually get to the movies um, before we run out of time here. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know if this this will take one, one uh, episode or we have to revisit this at some point. Um, but we can start the discussion. And, and this discussion comes to me um, from actually The Empire Strikes Back, which might be an odd place to start with it. But I, I remember um, having a conversation with, with some buddies back in the day talking about um, whether Princess Leia could use the Force. And of course, that's a moot issue at this point, but when the first three movies came out, um, even though you knew that they t- discussed her using the Force, it was debatable whether you even saw her use it. And I remember discussing at the end of the movie when Luke is on, on the weather vane hanging below Cloud City, um, him calling to Princess Leia and her hearing him and uh, debating whether that was her using the Force or just Luke using the Force. Um, and I guess it sort of, you know, got me to thinking about, about you know, who can really use the Force? I mean, there's lots of different, uh, you know, discussions that could be had and, and it could go a lot of different directions. Uh, um, but Albert, why don't, why don't we start with you on this one? By your understanding, um, who really can use the Force? Who can really use the Force? Uh, in all honesty... 
I feel like every single main character in all the Star Wars universe in some way have some connection to the Force. Um, just because, like for example, um, what's a good what is a good example? I, I had it at the tip of my tongue and I kind of forgot. Uh, Finn, Finn from uh, the new the new series. Uh, honestly, I feel like he is somewhat Force sensitive. Not necessarily meaning that he can use the Force, but more or less is Force sensitive in a sense. Uh, considering the fact that he kind of held his own against uh, Kylo Ren, even though he's not a Jedi or anything like that. And, you know, never never in a day in his life held a lightsaber. And he's ho- held, holding his own against a dark side user, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, because I don't think you could debate it. I guess uh, what I've heard on the flip side is that... Uh, is that um, he was shot by Chewie pretty bad, so there, there's that to, to consider um, uh, in terms uh, of just you know just that. Um, do you think that pretty much anybody has the ability to use a force, or is it a is it a special thing? I mean, there's there's discussions on the midi chlorians exactly. how that plays a that how that plays a part. Um, but what do you, what do you think about it? Okay, so basically. The whole th- the whole issue with the midichlorians and stuff like that. I've, I forgot who exactly said it, but they said that the force flows through you know everything more or less. So Qui Gon, yeah, it was Qui Gon. Uh, anyways, so the force flows through uh, through everything. All right. So in that sense, I mean, when you think about it, they judge uh, Jedi for how many midichlorians they have in their body or whatever reason and stuff like that. So one can say that they have a fair amount, I guess you can say, midichlorians, but not enough to use the Force. Let's put it that way. So, that's the main reason why I do say that most of the main characters in the Star Wars universe, in some way, is connected to the Force. Like, for example, that one guy from Rogue One, that his name is eluding me right now. The one who's... Yeah, cheer. You know, at no point do you see him demonstrate any Force abilities or anything like that. Lifting rocks or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Um... But that one scene when he's gonna go push the button was it, or was it somebody else? No, no, yeah, he was. Throughout the entire movie, he is blind, but he has this um, awareness of his surroundings. That yeah, he's definitely not that's that that's not that that you don't see in every average um, person in the Star Wars universe. But yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so most people can chalk up to like the feats of some of these characters pull as just. Oh, it's just plot armor. Uh, I mean, think about it. You know, like you—it's—it's it's a universe with freaking space wizards, right? So, like, I think in, in some way everyone does have some semblance of like force power uh, within them. It, it manifests manifests more and so in Jedi's, yes, but I feel like they can tap into that just as much as like any other Jedi in a sense. Um, Rodney, do you do you agree, Rodney? <laughs> Um. Hey, he's our saber for uh, no saber forge, saber guild guy. So yeah, what do you think? Oh, yeah, he'll have he'll have the greatest input. Here. Oh, thank you. Climb <laughs> to the top of the mountain, knowledge. Please let me bestow <laughs> these jewels upon thee. Uh, <laughs> no. Um. Okay. I, I'm not opposed to the midi chlorine concept. I think that uh, much like he said, there is an ability in everyone, and the way they rationalized it and I guess measured it uh, would be the midi chlorine concept. Okay. Cool, fine. Uh, it's if it's on a biological kind of level, then any species can have it, which is what gave us so so many different alien Jedi and stuff. Um, I, I totally agree that um, 
Chirrut was definitely force connected in some kind of way. So if you're not trained to use it, maybe you grow up listening to it and it's kind of like an intuition. You know, there's a lot of non Jedi, non Sith people in the Star Wars universe that do some pretty amazing things. So maybe they're just listening to their gut, but it's, you know, the force saying this, that way, another, you know what I mean? Um, I think being the Jedi and being the Sith, that's training, um, training to use it and training to use it in certain ways. So it is possible for anyone to, ha- to have a connection to the force. Uh, I th- do you think, I think, do you think anybody could use it like a Jedi can use it? Or do you think that there's certain degrees that I, like, I think that that takes a certain level of midichlorians. So like it, like it's, uh, think of it like a strength. So you can lift 50 pounds, but Jedi, you have to be able to lift at least a thousand pounds first. You know what I mean? Like there's a measurement there um, that would re- that would allow a certain amount of usage. You know what I mean? Like think of uh, if you play a video game, you get to a certain level, you have X amount of health. Jedi start at like level 10, you know, normal people are one and two. <laughs> Bounty hunters would be like four, you know During what I mean? During the beta, the Jedi had level 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's a, again, it goes back to measurement. You know, you can measure somebody's ability to use it with the whole midichlorian concept. Uh, I gave Finn a pass with the lightsaber battle because he was a trained soldier. And so uh, he would know how to use a melee weapon, which is really what the um, uh, lightsaber is. Uh, you can even, yeah, you can even see him how like, he actually uses it uh, when he first uses it on Takodana and uh, takes out the two soldiers and stuff. And like he's fighting the dude and they're both trained the same way. That's why they can keep up. You know what I mean? And he was just swinging the mop bucket around. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Prince that came and coming to America, wow. taking out Samuel Jackson. Shots uh, at Finn. There's an old reference. <laughs> um, and then two, uh, Kylo. I mean, who's Kylo training to fight with a lightsaber? Like he's got no lightsaber opponent after he, after Luke, so he would just have almost equal melee con, you know, melee combat training. So I didn't expect either one of them to be like. Obi-Wan in episode three, you know what I mean? So it's, it's I mean, basically you see movements. the way he swings that thing? It's for show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he pulls it out to intimidate and to smash computer stuff. Like, this could have been his first fight <laughs> since he left the that order. emo boy is just showing off. He's yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, you know, in the back of his mind, he's like, all right, now I got to fight. So I'm just going to swing this big thing <laughs> around because, you know, I haven't had to fight nobody since I left my master. You know, yeah. I, I do want to bring I do want to bring up something that you know because you are uh, in the topic of that is that I get that you know if you're not really trained in the force or whatever whatever reason stuff like that you know it manifests in you know certain people different ways but let's take uh, Force Awakens and the Last Jedi as two examples I guess and the Phantom Menace I guess as two exa- uh, three examples all right mm-hmm. uh, so. Anakin Skywalker at that point in episode one had the highest midi chlorine count that was ever recorded, which led them to believe that he was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Yet he didn't display any sort of like force powers or anything like that, besides being adept to like pod racing or whatever reason. Well, that's what I said about like not being able to force push and lift things like Broom Boy, but you have a foresight. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if nobody, oh you know, everybody calls you, you know, everybody says it's your gut feeling or, and even um, Qui-Gon says it, you know, you, you got to have force abilities or, you know, to be trained as a Jedi or have the foresight or force usage to know that Sabob was about to come around this way. Let me turn this way. You know what I mean? So 
if it's not yeah. a if it's not a trained skill to wield a lightsaber, read minds, lift things, push things, pull things, shock things, maybe it manifests its way in just a voice in your head, and oh, I know this is coming, like a sixth sense. Yeah, but the thing is, with the, you know, the last Jedi, the kid had no. I'm assuming he has no Jedi training or anything like that, but he can still be able to use the Force to push the broom towards him. Yeah. And then in the event, and then in the event with Rey, is that. Throughout most of the entirety of um, uh, Force Awakens and stuff like that, mm-hmm. she doesn't really technically display that much Jedi—not uh, Jedi, but Force abilities in a sense. Mm-hmm. And when the bombshell is that she is Force sensitive, she tries out one technique, which is the Jedi mind trick, and somehow it works. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I hundred percent agree with that. I mean, you see her fight on uh, on Jakku with the staff and uh and she can and she's you know an intuitive pilot um i think it's and, a matter of that she becomes aware of and the she yeah and she Jedi talks about teachings it a little bit more and that when she learns about um the mind the jedi mind trick she kind of is like oh let me just give this a like a whirl and see if it works because she might have been aware of the fact that she has this intuition that maybe the average person doesn't have. Yeah, and she even says, like, you know, there's something that's been inside of me and uh, it's sort of been awakened and she doesn't really know what it is. Um, but this was awakened. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But yeah. <laughs> Elena, what are, what, are your, what are your thoughts just in, on the general thing? Um, so... I was one of the people that like kind of was on the bandwagon of on the uh, on the prequels um, originally, but now I'm like such a prequel defender that um, even even the thing with the midi chlorians, I'm a big defender of, um, which a lot of people still are like, uh, I don't know if I like that concept. But honestly, if you look at it from a standpoint of like our own humanity, where we use science to explain things that happen in our daily lives, it's totally understandable why. Um, midichlorians were written into the star wars universe it's their way of understanding the force in a more scientific way and i really admire that and i think it kind of helps with um our understanding of how the force works in the star wars universe and that it's not just this weird like wizard power um but that every living being in the star wars universe does have some connection to the force that they do have some sort of force sensitivity it could be very minimal or it could be something like anakin skywalker and um they talk about midichlorian count as a way to gauge their connection to the force and how force sensitive they are um and i think that kind of can be compared to um a person's ability to do a specific task for like somebody has a, a more proficiency to um i don't know fly a plane like for some people that maybe, you know, with some training becomes natural, but for others, they could never master that. And I think it's kind of the same way that Force-sensitive children were picked up by the Jedi, Jedi Order and then trained um, in in the Jedi arts to kind of master their um, Force abilities. It's, um, it's, it's kind of like a sports talent in that way in that you can you can measure it scientifically yeah. and try to come up with so it. So they're just getting drafted into, you know, like a football team. Um, <laughs> the Jedi football team. One but, thing, but, one thing 
I'm sorry. Uh, uh, one yeah. thing um, that I actually do want to bring up, though, is the fact that in the Vader comics, uh, Palpatine wanted to get this uh, Jedi um, hol- holocron. Is it? Yeah, holocron. Yep. And, and in that holocron had the whereabouts of every single chi- uh, Force-sensitive child in the, uh, in the galaxy. All right. So yeah. Vader, you know, uh, either a sign of goodwill or just simply because he knew that eventually Palpatine would try to replace him, destroys the, uh, the holocron. And just says, oh, you know, I couldn't find nothing and blah, blah, blah. So... Or he was just really lazy and didn't want to take care of it, you know. Well, I guess. <laughs> totally can be plausible, you know. So yeah, so it di- so in this in this I can you speak in this sense, uh, in the Star Wars lore, I guess you can say, is that during the events of the Force Awakens, there's probably a crap ton of Force sensitive people out there that, you know. Are, they're just out there in general. I don't know if they're ever going to touch upon that or anything like that. Um, and whether or not they will also touch upon uh, Ezra and... Uh, well, I think that's why um, the Clone Wars and Rebels are a really good thing to watch to kind of have a better understanding of just how widespread this... Uh, or now, how do I wonder? Um, they find Force-sensitive children really based on intel. It's not really um, like, oh... I had a feeling that there's this child on, I don't know, uh, Tatooine that uh, is Force-sensitive. It's just a matter of intel, like whether or not they show signs of floating, make, making things float, or they're very, um, you know... I think that's how they found Force-sensitive children, and that even during the height of the, the Jedi Order in like their high time or whatever, they... I think there are still plenty of children that they did not find just because they didn't get that intel, that the intel didn't come back to them. So kind of backtracking to the question, um, who can use the force? I think it is almost a matter of science in that sense that if you do not have the appropriate amount of like midichlorians, you're just not going to be as force sensitive as a Jedi. Or, or somebody who was trained as a Jedi, like who does have that midichlorian count and who can possess those abilities. And then when we look at Finn, who wielded a lightsaber, it's merely a, a weapon. Being able to be aware of your surroundings and hone uh, hone into to um, in, into that is what kind of boosts like your ability to use the lightsaber to wield it properly and and. Um, uh, to be able to be a good fighter, I think anybody can swing a lightsaber. It's just a matter of like how you do it. I don't know if that makes any sense. So in the Last Jedi, the one thing I still cannot get on board with is the fact that Leia showed um, force abilities that we had never seen her show before, and like the fact that it took her all this time to to have something like that happen, which I guess. It's it's one of those situations like I didn't know I had that in me where something super life threatening happens to you and you do something that you never thought you could do and you know, you found the strength in you. I guess if I, you look at it like that, that makes sense, but it's still kind of a stretch in my opinion because we see minimal like force ability. Like you were talking about Empire Strikes Back, where she had this connection with Luke and where she was able to hear him. I feel like. People have always referred to her abilities as being more like intellectual. That she was um, 
a very like smart person in terms of like her force uh, abilities and that oh, it wasn't wait. so much physical but it kind of gets contradicted with the last jedi I don't I don't know about that because there was so much time in between I think I think we can just say we don't really know whether she exactly, had, you know yeah. whether she had started to use some stuff or whether it was a life-threatening situation and instincts kicked in or if it was the force Sort of, you know, because we don't. Maybe it's the force saving her. That's totally plausible. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I not and her I, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because to me, this is a very open-ended question, and even my own opinions of it are very open-ended. And I, I think about, and oh, I think mine, a lot. Definitely. I mean, I just contradicted myself in one sentence. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about it from my perspective. When, you know, when you're growing up and a kid, and I think why a lot of people from my generation, when they first found out about midichlorians, which. Incidentally, when I first heard midichlorians, I kind of thought it was kind of cool to try to throw some science in there to it. Um, but at the same time, um, a lot of people from my generation, you know, it was a very spiritual thing, the Force. And and a lot of us just growing up th- thinking that, like, if just the world was slightly different, I could use the Force. And it was one of those things that you sort of felt like, you know, anybody should have the ability if they just kind of believe in it enough. Um, and so I think that that's... that's, uh, that's uh, that's where I fall on on whether I even want it to be everybody or not. But I I, mean, I like the idea that there is a scientific explanation behind who can use it. Um, but that, that's why I like to keep it as a very much an open ended question in my head. I think there are some people who um, who may have like say theoretically have like a less uh, a lower midichlorian count than like another individual. But I think it's a matter of uh, that training of becoming in tune with the force that it still does have that spiritual element to it. And that's something that's, um, I think, very heavily um, pushed, not pushed, um, emphasized in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. And that's why I love those shows so much is because you've got that um, scientific prequel element that they introduced with the midichlorians, but they still are very much like, oh, um, the Force is this, uh, you know, this thing that we we still don't completely understand it's the spiritual i don't even know how to how to word it but yeah. um well ronnie still- you're my you're more you're my basically my age did how to you know did you have a similar experience with it no you know before the prequels came out no i wasn't like uh i guess anti-midichlorian it made sense when i first heard about it really you know um yeah. So we're just really cool people that like everything Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, at least for me, if it makes sense, that, you know, it's like if you could measure, you know, like you said, you like somebody's um, athletic ability, then like the Jedi, all your sports teams would come and try to recruit your kid. You know, if you literally scientifically measure it. OK, cool. That makes sense. I think there's also a lot of um, unchecked children that may have been um hidden from the jedi order i mean not everybody liked their the idea of their kid being a jedi and not seeing them anymore you know so there's a lot of open roads for that as well um yeah no i was i was cool with it (laughs) it didn't bother me at all i was totally chill with it but again yeah like just bringing it back with the with the like a sports team you can have that talent but if you don't practice and uh you know actually exercise that talent, mm-hmm. then you're not going to get better. No, you're so not. So somebody who maybe it does, isn't as talented but practices every day could become better than you just because they put that that effort in and they 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 became dedicated to to learning. And I think it's the same thing with the force, honestly. That um, I still think that there is an element of 
um, how talented you are. Like if you have a very low midichlorian count, then there's a possibility that no matter how much you practice, you may never become a super, you won't have like super force abilities, but I think that it, it is a very like blurred line in terms of who can use the force. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about the midichlorians is the description of them. Like, if you could have said they were just a type of cell or anything like that that is in the human body, it would have been fine. But I just don't like the fact that they're like, oh, it's a bacteria that's in your body. Well, I always took it more like it was akin to mitochondria, and that was just the, you know, that it was sort of analogous to that. And it was sort of what kind of, you know, you could kind of make the argument that mitochondria are kind of like a little organism inside your cells. So yeah. I, I just felt... I felt I, I, I felt that that's what they were trying to do. That's all I felt. I think that's what the intent was, that it is something that is part of our bodies. But I think what uh, Albert is referring to, it, it does, when Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon does explain it to Anakin, it, he does make it sound like an outside organism that's living with No, I agree. I agree <laughs> that he sounds a different. I'm just, you know, no, I agree. I agree with that's That's the way it sounds. And I think, I think I would agree with you, Albert, that like, it, that it, it 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 is a it is slightly strange the way that it's described, um, but I, actually, uh, I used to I just thought it was like having an extra chromosome kind of thing, like. I'm sorry. I know that is totally not what you meant, but <laughs> no, it, it was just like you ha- you were born with this extra chemical, and you have yeah, this yeah, yeah, amount yeah, yeah. of that extra chemical. You know what I mean? Some It happens, you know, some people get a, a six-toe. <laughs> some people have a mole. Some people are, you know... It's, it's, you're, Can you you're, imagine everybody in the Star Wars universe has six toes? Oh, God. No oh, way. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a midichlorian. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll go with it. Well, and I... Go go ahead, Albert. <laughs> now the thing is, this you know, with the description of how the Midichlorians are and everything like that, and how it, you know, he made it seem like oh, it's the bacteria and everything like that. Just think, okay, just think for a second. If Midichlorians are this little microorganism that is in your body, theoretically, can you extract that microorganism and inject it to someone and have them be force sensitive? No, because cloning didn't work either. That's how they explained it when uh, anybody ever asked. Like, Dooku allegedly tried doing it with um, the body of Sifo-Dyas, I think. And it didn't work, which is why he resulted to Grievous. So you can't clone it. <laughs> you can't transfer it either. Maybe uh, you know what? on a molecular level, it won't work with your DNA. You know what I mean? Because um, it's, not, it's not... I think it, 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 I like that you brought up Grievous, because I think he's a really great example of somebody who doesn't have the talent... But is wielding lightsabers anyway? Yep, that's a fighting because, tactic. It's definitely not force use. Because, though. but yeah, he is using weapons, and that's essentially all it is. He's not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. He's yeah. just a crazy robot man with laser swords. Amazing. All right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, come to the end of our time. Um, you know, uh, that was a uh, that was a fun discussion. You uh, did a great d- job. It's amazing, guys. I just feel like my my sharing of my collectible wasn't as interesting as everyone else's, Mister's and Mrs. Autographs. Oh, stop! No, we need some we need some variety. Uh, it's in, no, it was cool. Everybody yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, hey, to each person has their own thing. Um, exactly. Maybe I have a favorite sock. 
<laughs> I, I wait, wait. I do, but but that's a whole. Maybe that'll be a whole other topic. <laughs> How many Star Wars socks do you own? They're uh, autographed. I just bought some BBA <laughs> ones, actually. Uh, funny. I, no, this is this is actually a topic we get into, guys. I'm I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's the next one. Shit. What is your favorite start? No. Um. Anyways, um, I would be remiss if I I didn't go into um something that I forgot in the last episode, which is to discuss our awesome theme music. So our theme music, um, was was um performed and, and written by a member of our five hundred first garrison. Um, Taylor Goodson, and he's an awesome, awesome, awesome composer, um, and uh, and he's he's written a bunch of music, and he was gracious to uh, to um, hand over that music for us to use for our, our theme music, and I, I love it. I just you know it's 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 awesome, and I, I just wanted to say thank you to him um, for you know um, being so gracious as he is with pretty much anything that. Um, to be gracious with with uh, with letting us use his music, um, so I needed to make sure awesome that we man. said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Taylor. Thank <laughs> you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and also to uh, to uh, sort of say, um, you know, we're all on social media, and so we can kind of run around the table and see where to uh, get us on social media. So, Elena, where can people talk to you on social media? Uh, so you can follow me on my Instagram. It is Elena underscore strikes, and that's Elena, E-L-E-N-A. Um, and then I have links to all my other social media on there. Cool, cool, cool. Albert, what about you? You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is cc underscore 22795. Um Basically, that's, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is my Legion number, but nonetheless, that that's where you can find me on there. Uh, follow me, <laughs> Ronnie. You? Yeah, you can find me at Lord and then underscore Dread D R E A D on Instagram. That is so edgy. Instagram? I I don't use Instagram. Maybe I'm uh, I don't know. I, I do use Twitter. I, actually, I do have an Instagram. It's the same thing. You can find me at, at BMTN1111, um, which has a meaning, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, but yeah. That is way too many ones. One more, one more, one more. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it makes for a good code for our copier at work. So, wherever my work and you need to make copies, just type that in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and, uh, and we'll see you the next time.